This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, Tom. So did you know that it is illegal for a driver to be blindfolded while operating a vehicle in Alabama? Um, hopefully that would probably be in all the states. But yes, I guess we're just jumping right in, huh? No introduction. <laughs> no introduction this yes. time, Pete. No introduction. I know we said so this positive. is Peter Zavlaki <laughs> and Thomas time. Reska. <laughs> and we are, uh, we're, we're going to talk about some ridiculous laws in history today. Uh, right, Tom? I mean, I, I guess yes. we should just get right to it. Yeah, some of these laws still exist. Some of them were kind of repealed eventually. But um, yeah, this is something that... Um, I've done uh, lessons and like projects on this in my uh, law and justice class over the years. Um, so we were talking about it and figured this would be a good idea to uh, include one of our podcasts. It's a little bit different. No, not, you know, it's, it has, there's a history behind a lot of these laws. So that's kind of how we like to tie yeah. it into. And that's kind of, I think, what we're going to try to do because, uh, you know, oftentimes you see these in like a, on a Snapple bottle cap, you know, and yeah. they're, they're definitely fun when you read them and you kind of chuckle and you're like, all right. But I think what we're going to try at least to do, and it's probably, actually, it's definitely impossible to do for all of them, but we're going to try to provide some historical context for some, at least, if not most. Or like a reasoning, if nothing else, just a reasoning. Yeah, like historical reasoning, context. Like, why did these laws come to be in the first place versus just, you know, why they're still there? A lot of these laws do have some form of a a reasoning behind them, and we're going to try to, if possible, to uncover them. So this is not just necessarily a list of yeah. you know fun facts laws fun facts fun facts yeah i guess I'd, i'll start with a uh, tom's favorite subject of sociology <laughs> which tom does not necessarily uh love i don't say but, that um, my, my students are gonna be listening to this man they're gonna think no, i hate no, sociology no. no i like sociology. i'm not saying you hate it i said <laughs> it's not your favorite subject that's like someone telling me to teach geography not my favorite subject no, I'll say the favorite. it's it's in my Although, top 50 okay Solid. Geography is... <laughs> actually, enough. I don't mind geography. Geography geography would be good. You got to know where you're going. Exactly. You got to know where you're going, right? Right. Every culture has different norms, right? And, and yes. the reason why I'm kind of going into this is so that way you could figure out what was the impetus behind these laws generally. Why would silly laws exist in the first place? And every single culture has certain norms and they're kind of like the rules that define what's appropriate and inappropriate behavior in that particular culture. And each culture has different norms um for instance in certain uh, middle eastern countries you know if a if a businessman takes your hand and holds it as you walk you know don't be alarmed in a sense he means only as a sign of friendship they say that in greece if you're praise someone's an, an object too much or too enthusiastically and if, when you're over somebody's house they may want to give it you the object you know and then you yeah, kind of yeah. have to take it which also just um, things that we have here like those are just the social norms like you're saying i know in like north korea if you speak to people, you're not supposed to stare at them in the eyes like when you do it. Yeah. But here, it's yeah. one that's like it makes them uncomfortable. But like in Western culture, that's something that that you do. Yeah. And like in Japan, if you are offered a gift, you have to thank the person, but then you have to wait a couple more times for them to offer it again before you get to accept it. And then if you accept a gift in Japan, you're supposed to always accept it with two hands, which is very interesting. But again, so these are just different norms and. Um, the norms, there's essentially three types, three basic types of norms. First one is folkways, second one is mores, and the third one is laws. And folkways are just norms that don't really have any moral significance, meaning they're not necessarily, they don't make you a bad person if you don't follow these, these norms. So like if you go into, um, I would say if you go into a library 
and you are a little loud. That's not morally wrong. It's just something you don't do. Yeah, it's just so accepted. It's a, like an accepted behavior. Exactly, right? And that's kind of like a folk way. And then the another type of uh, norm in a culture is mores. And mores are norms that have like a moral dimension, I think, aspect, like what is wrong and what is right. And oftentimes when you look at Western countries, it's something one of those like you – you know, like you don't date your sister. Like that's just morally wrong. You I mean, know? That's more morally wrong. That's uh, isn't that more morally wrong? That's morally wrong. That's actually yeah, a taboo, which is well, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And, like, and taboo is a type look, of like morally. Yeah, because if you look like the Egyptian culture and stuff like that, like yeah. or, like ancient Egypt, they did marry cousins and stuff like that. And you know, much. and the third one, the third set of norms are laws. You know, and law, laws are technically very Must formal. Must be obeyed. Yes, they're formally defined and they have to be enforced by officials. So versus mores, as well as uh, folkways, these norms are not necessarily enforced by officials. They're just enforced by the society. Um, like, dude, like you don't you don't date your sister. That's just wrong. Or you shouldn't talk loudly in, um, if you are in a movie theater or if you are in a library. Versus laws are, as you said, they have to be enforced because... It's going to be things like small as speed limits, but as large as murder. Exactly. And oftentimes, you know, again, kind of how these crazy, ridiculous laws came to be is that kind of folkways sometimes become mores and they sometimes become laws. Like if you think about smoking, for example, right, it was a very acceptable behavior in most, you know, for most Americans until like 1970s. And then the mounting health concerns kind of convinced many that, you know, smoke is really not a good thing. And maybe it should be banned in public places. Yeah. People used to smoke in restaurants. You don't see All that. All the time. Anymore. Or yeah. in planes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You would come out and you would smell like smoke and stuff like that. And that, that's not the case. Now they can't. Like, it's just not yep. allowed. Now it's against the law. Yeah. So it used to be like kind of frowned upon when you were younger. You know, you're like, oh, look at that person smoking, especially when we were younger. It was, But it wasn't a law. It was no. just kind of like. At first, it was like a folk way, like, oh, you shouldn't smoke in front of kids. And then it became like a moray, like, oh, it's wrong if you smoke in front of kids and in public places. And then eventually they became laws. So that's kind of why some of these laws do exist, some of these weird laws, because it started off and kind of as society was shifting and changing, these needs turn into also to a need to be essentially enforced, except society moves on, which is why... Some of these remain, and now we have crazy laws that are no longer applicable to social norms of today. Oftentimes, actually, the purposes, you know, and ex- like as to purposes for existence of these laws are kind of long forgotten, yeah. even though the laws are still somewhere there for public safety. It's just like you didn't think that would have to be put there for public safety once you actually hear it. Like, really? But um, like yeah. a couple of them I found, they're there to keep people safe, but we're like, why are people doing that to begin with? They have to make a law. Also, another thing I kind of found interesting doing my research is as to why they're still here. And a lot of time, the problem is that states don't really have a designated official who edits laws. And actually, only nine out of the 50 states have um, a full-time person. Revises the laws, yeah. Yeah, revises laws. Checking them over. So some of them, yeah, they just kind of stay there for... They just kind of stay there, yeah. Um, California, Connecticut, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, and Washington are the only states that actually have a dedicated person that looks at old laws and kind of throws them out if they need to be revised or thrown out. Every other state, there's laws in there that make absolutely no sense. And these are some of the ones that we're going to talk about today. I think what we're going to do is we're going to try to break this up into the world and then into the u.s you know we'll look at some of the old historical laws um 
you know, England or France or Sweden, somewhere else. And then we're going to also look at laws in the United States that in history, have, you know, may seem like kind of ridiculous, but there's definitely an impetus for for their, their existence. So, you know, I guess we, we could yeah, Let's start. get started. Yeah, we kind of gave a little background information there. Right. Sociology lessons. Those. There you go. All right. All right. Good. So go first. I'm going to go with like a, I'm going to go with like an old one, you know, uh, in 1200. So like 1233, it actually became sure. illegal to refuse to be a, a knight, you know, to refuse knighthood in England. And often when you think of getting a knighthood, it's sounded like, like a great honor, like, Oh, I'm going to be knighted. But um, it became illegal to refuse it because during the medieval period, uh, you know, to be a knight actually costs a lot of money. Like yeah. if you were being knighted, you needed to get a lot of different clothes and suits for different ceremonies and armor. And then on top of all that, you had to risk your life in battle for the king. Like once you're knighted, you know, again, it moves it. It. Yeah, it's you, like, oh, you got knighted. You had to serve that. It wasn't, it wasn't the knighthood thing as we know, and I guess we're getting a little off tangent here. That was not the yeah. way, like the, how they show in the movies was not the real, not the real knights. It was not like the King Arthur at a round table. That's not quite the way it worked. Nope. Nope. That's, that's a, that's a tale. Um, yeah, so in, in twenty, uh, tw- I'm sorry, twelve thirty three, you know, a, a guy refused a knighting ceremony, and uh, Henry the Third was like, "Yeah, no, uh, you can't refuse that." So he passed a law that um, stayed on, and I'm pretty sure it's actually still on the books in England that it is illegal to refuse knighthood in England. They still knight people every now and then, don't they? There too. Yeah, which I thought it was it's kind more of, like yeah. a ceremonial. Thing they do. Now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like you know. So no, Elton like, John is Sir Elton John. I was going to say that yeah. Sir Elton John. Yeah. I don't think he's going to go be defending the Queen anytime soon. But you know, yeah, singing songs and stuff. But yeah, anyway. So another one that I found kind of interesting, kind of sticking with you know the old islands there. Um, in 1500s, it was possible in Scotland to punish a corpse for treason. A lot of times when people are out for revenge or restitution, you know, they kind of wanted to clear their name and the person that uh, was attacking their character had died. They, during the reign of uh, Queen Mary, uh, Queen of Scots, you know, and her son, James VI, corpses would actually be regularly brought up in court. Like they would exhume corpses and bomb them for the occasion and literally like wheel them into court or the accusing. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, you know, yeah. Dead men um, tell no tales, right? Indeed. I have to stop saying indeed. I'm really working on it, Tom. Yeah, that's like, that's like your, your thing, man. You like to say it. That's yeah, like your word. We'll get, t- we'll, we'll, we'll get t-shirts made. Don't worry about it. With indeed, right? With indeed on it. Go for it. Don't worry. So, uh, You want me yeah. to do one now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have yeah, one that's a little got. more, it's a little bit more modern. It actually was taken off the books in 2013, uh, but it was there for a while in France. It was put in place during... Right after like Napoleon, basically you were not allowed to name pigs Napoleon, your own pigs Napoleon in France, mm. because people were basically doing that and then slowing their p- pigs. And, you know, it was a way to like, you know, dis to rule it. And it actually extended all the way to 2013. And it became that you could not name your pigs any names of um, heads of state in, in France right. because they didn't want people. That was like a political statement, I guess, you know, a way of like, you know, say, you know, making fun of the leader is naming your pig after them. Um, but that was actually illegal for, uh, up until 2013 in in France. So I thought that was a kind of an interesting one. And then another one from Europe that I found that I thought was pretty good. It makes, it makes some sense when you think about it. I wouldn't say this is weird, but maybe like not when you would think of. It's um, you will actually get a fine. And if you do it more than a few times, you can actually get arrested if you run out of gas in, on the Autobahn in Germany. Yeah, in Germany. It's you know, illegal. it's funny because when I, when I was growing up in Europe, um, we used to actually – 
be on the Autobahn a lot when I was a little kid. And, you know, we had like a really Eastern European, barely driving vehicle. And I remember when you get on the Autobahn, it would say, the speed limit would say, do not go below, you know, however many kilometers per hour. And, you know, our car always struggled to just make that, you know, the, the do not go below number, which is kind of funny. So basically, they said basically you have to plan ahead. That's what the law was saying. That if you don't plan ahead and have a full tank or enough gas to drive an autobahn, then you should not go on the autobahn. That that, yeah. that was basically what it's uh, what it was stating there. So you know, it's illegal to run uh, out of gas. Yeah, and you know, kind of going a little bit more east there. Um, at one point in 1700s, it was actually illegal to have a beard if you lived in Russia. I do remember that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he, that was Peter. Peter Great. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He went on, uh, Peter the Great went on this like tour of Europe and he was really impressed with this new style of, of every gentry-esque person, every important person in Europe that he saw that was shaved. So when he came back to Russia, he actually ordered his entire court to come in and he himself like shaved them painfully. And after that, he made it illegal in Russia to have a beard. And for those of them, people that really, really, really wanted to keep their beard, they had to actually pay a beard tax. If they wanted to have their beard, they had to pay for it, pay the government to allow to be allowed to have a beard. That was uh, that was actually repealed in 1772, but still, I mean, that's kind of a crazy law. Yeah, well, that's one of those so, laws that. Yeah, but I do remember hearing that one. Basically, one of those ones that comes in history. You know, like the Russians couldn't wear beards during this time. Yeah, I, I remember. Remember that? Yeah. Um, all right, I have one here that from those a really intense race of people that you wouldn't think would have. Well, you would probably think they might have crazy laws. Okay, um, our neighbors to the north, the Canadians. Uh, you're okay. going to go margarine, aren't you? Okay. So, uh, no, no. I found a different one. But I thought it's kind of more like modern, obviously. Okay. Um, I think it. the modern way. But um, in Canada, they're very patriotic. So they actually, they, um, radio stations in Canada, by law, have to play um, Canadian music on their radio stations. It's basically a way to make sure they don't get too Americanized. It's like 30%, isn't it's 35%, it? 35%, like um, yeah. but during the hours of 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Monday through Friday, um, they have to do that. A lot of that. Justin Bieber, man. A lot of yeah, Justin a lot of Bieber. Justin Bieber. Um, and stuff like that. Uh, Lance Morissette, you know, um, but they, yeah, they, I was gonna say, well, if you start naming out Celine Dion. Yeah. All those, that's, that's, that's all the Canadians I know. But, um, yeah, so it's, that's basically what it is. They have to do that because again, they don't want to be, get their culture too influenced by the American radio, you know, the American songs, the American radio coming in. So they want to ensure that that happens. This is, this one's kind of eerie. Uh, it is actually legal to marry a dead person in France. Since the 1800s, you can't name pigs Napoleon and have that, and I don't know. <laughs> There's a Polish one apparently that you cannot in public wear, in which I don't. I, I've never heard of this, and you is know, that I Winnie, grew up is in that the, uh, Did you the Winnie the Pooh? Winnie, Winnie, yeah. Winnie the Pooh is banned in Poland. Yeah, because apparently he's not wearing pants, so well, you should risque. not. Yeah, I, yeah. There's a couple risque. other places I'm sure that that's that's the same thing. There, like they, I know, like Betty Boop was. Banned in a couple of countries. I remember reading, hmm. but I didn't think. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. You can't wear any Winnie the Pooh in Poland because you got wearing pants. Um, so watch out so let's get back there. to this. You know, illegal to marry a dead dead okay, person. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. In France, no, no, it's fine. But anyway, well, essentially, what happened is kind of dates back to where if you were born out of wedlock, it was ex- an extreme social taboo. You were not, if you know, you were almost like not allowed and very much frowned upon if you were born out of wedlock. And that was the that was the impetus for France 
to create this law that let's say someone's husband died in battle before they could get married, right? And let's say the girl was pregnant. Marrying that dead person would make their children legitimate. And they used to do that. So the consent, the dead person's consent was established by family members of the existing engagement. And they would um, literally like, you know, corpse or not, whether they had the corpse or not, they would allow that person to get married to someone that's already deceased. So believe it or not, the last marriage that the last time this law was used, still in the books in France was in 2017. Really? When someone, um, a victim of terrorism married his partner, you know, after they had gone. So still around and, um, still in the books. I thought that one was a that's kind of an interesting one. And again, there's a little bit of history behind it. Yeah, they have, the, they have. That's one of those ones that um, you can see why people are doing. It's like a way to circumvent other laws or other taboos to kind of like you know make their children legitimate yeah. and stuff like that. Okay. All right. Another one I have is uh, until 1961 in the UK, suicide was defined as a criminal offense. Yes, that was actually I've heard about that one. I think a couple of countries have that still today. It's a criminal. Yeah offense to uh, commit suicide but it's like how you really what are you gonna yeah, do <laughs> but a lot of people yeah a lot of people think it was like a capital offense and and that's kind of like a, a myth um it's not a capital offense in, in no. the uk but it is it is indeed a criminal offense i guess the idea is that like if you're you know if you're attempting suicide until 1961 at least and it just doesn't work, work out, out well yeah, you for can, you. yeah that's basically what yeah it instead was. of like receiving help like they'll punish you they'll punish you <laughs> Yeah, one guy in particular that I was able to find information about, Lionel Henry Churchill, got six months in prison because he attempted suicide and he survived. This is 1958. They, they threw mm. him in jail, um, which, again, it's that's kind of intense. So that's also the 50s. Yeah, nowadays you'd get more help, hopefully. But um, You would hope, right? Yeah. Another UK mm. law that I thought was kind of interesting, it, it was banned to gamble in the libraries since 1898. People were probably going there to gamble. Is that basically how it was? Like they were probably going there to like sneak it probably. That's what it was, you know, and that's actually, believe it or not, it it is why you're, it becomes a norm to be quiet in the library because libraries became a thing. Public libraries began to appear in kind of like mid 1800s. And it was like the government's initiative to improve education. Mm -hmm. But as noble of an idea as that was, people decided they saw it as like, a, oh, it's a public place. It's a free place to hang out. And they started hanging out and being loud as well as gambling. And things got so bad that the parliament actually passed the Libraries Offenses Act of 1898. And this is what made swearing, abusive language, and gambling, as well as just loud noises and talk illegal in libraries. So again, it's interesting because it's not, you know, in the British case, it was a law and not just like a socially enforced, you know, moray or, you know, folkway. Hmm. But yeah, so it it remained officially remained in force until 2005. And in 2005, they're like, yeah, no one gambles in libraries. So they they finally got rid of that law. But it was, yeah, well, you're not going to have people gambling in libraries now, but hopefully (laughs) it's not around here. So I got a couple um, modern ones that kind of deal with a few things. There's one in Greece. You are not allowed to wear high heels at any of the, at the Acropolis or any of the Greek monuments. Why not? Well, well the main reason is they don't want, uh, the reason the law states is because they, they think that the high heels can damage, scratch up and damage, you know, the um, historical artifacts. But mm-hmm. reading into a little bit more, the real reason is people were like wearing high heels there and like tripping 
you know, getting stuck and like twisting ankles, yeah. breaking their legs and stuff. And they were just sick of getting lawsuits. So they just made it illegal so that they wouldn't get any more of these like personal injury claims and stuff, like, particularly from tourists. You know, they would come over there, hurt themselves, and then be, then sue and try to like, you know, get claims and win money off of off of their injuries. So that's really why they made it illegal. And in Sri Lanka, it is actually illegal to take a selfie with Buddha. And the rationale behind it. I heard it, that because that means your your back is towards. You're, turn, you're right? turning your back on Buddha, which you're not supposed to. You're also not supposed to point at him either. Point any of your fingers at him, and um, so a lot of times he's actually banned of taking the photos or the statues, and stuff like that. And uh, there was a British woman who actually was jailed for three days in 2014 because she had too many. She had inappropriate tattoos of Buddha on her body, and they saw that. They said she had um, Buddha doing some un Buddha like things on her body, and um, they saw that. And, and uh, they arrested her, and she held her in jail for three days. And they eventually let her oh, wow. go. Um, what year was this? Twenty fourteen. Oh wow! But yeah, they take it very seriously. Remember, this is their prophet. This is their avatar, and so of uh, good, like Vishnu. So they, you know, it, it's an important uh, person, an important figure in their culture. So they're like, listen, you're just not going to not going to allow it to be, in their way, disrespected. So I thought that was kind of interesting, and it makes oh. sense. You can't you can't supposed to turn your back on them. And you're doing that for a selfie. But again, that was a, something that wouldn't really come up until really recently. I guess I don't know when. I don't really remember when selfies became a big deal, but I was almost like thrown into a a geyser when I was in Yellowstone because someone was trying to take a selfie with a selfie stick. I was almost pushed pushed and like killed because someone wanted a selfie. People also fall into those geysers. They say that's a problem in Yellowstone now. People try to take the selfies too close to the geysers. Oh, dude. It's, that it's and they try to take him with like buffaloes, right? That, that was a big thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like I saw one of the they try to take a selfie with a grizzly bear and a, and a bear just like mauled them. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, no. Yeah, they're uh, not They're not pets. No, not at all. Not at um, all. You know, for all of our football slash here in America soccer fans, it was actually outlawed in 1444 to play football, whereas what we would call soccer. Should still be outlawed in, now. In <laughs> Stop it. In France. And... um. And the reason for that, because, you know, this, it was much different in modern football or soccer yes. it, until 19th century, um, like 1700s football often involved hundreds of players, two teams physically fighting over a pig's bladder. I actually did not know that. Um, and it turned often to mob violence, widespread destruction, even death uh, that often accompanies the game. And Kings across Europe started banning football in many occasions in 1617, well, 1700s, you know, eventually by 1700s. That's kind of, I think that's kind of crazy. I mean, it started with 1400s. So for like 200 years, football was viewed and soccer were viewed as like a banned game because it was too violent. I thought that was kind of interesting for all of my soccer. And now they, now they just fall down when people don't even hit them. Oh, stop right? it. And they have their injuries. No. Soccer is a great sport. Thank you. Yeah, Thank no you. problem. Yeah, <laughs> love, love the ties. Love the ties. Nice, nice. Stop okay. it. All right. <laughs> all right yeah, I found you that this one's kind of for all the um, pet lovers out there. They might actually like this one. In Rome, they have very strict animal cruelty laws. So if you have a dog, any animal you have, right, has to be walked at least um, once a day at minimum, right? Otherwise, you can be fined up to $625. The law also extends to fish, including goldfish. 
Um, obviously, they How can't you supposed be supposed to walk a goldfish, dude. Well, hey, that's the whole point. It, it's it's not that they have to be walked. Obviously, you can't walk a goldfish, but you can't just have them in a um, like a bowl. You know, like you just buy the bowl, or like you win. Sometimes you win them. I know that was big around um, here, like the carnivals. You can win like a goldfish and stuff, like the betta fish and stuff like that. All right. Instead, you have to have a full size aquarium, depending on the size of the fish. There's like different requirements, and that's where the goldfish has to have enough room to to swim. Otherwise, yeah. you can be fine. Like someone could. If someone reports you, the animal cruel, the police can come and they can like measure the goldfish and measure how big the tank is. And if it doesn't meet the right proportions, you can be fined up to six hundred and twenty-five dollars for not uh, giving your goldfish enough room to, to swim. Wow. Yeah, when 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 Luke was my son was younger, he wanted a goldfish when he was like two, three years old, and I got him a goldfish, and naturally he forgot it even existed. So I got myself a goldfish, and then years later. As if I didn't learn my lesson, you know, history doesn't repeat itself there, mm-hmm. huh? Uh, my younger son, and when he was like six, he wanted a fish. So I said, you're never going to take care of it. Your brother never did. And he's like, no, 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 I will. Guess what? I got myself another fish. You know, history should really, I should, I should learn from my own lessons here. So you never know, right? Another interesting law from, uh, you know, across the pond there, you have a French law that actually banned women from wearing trousers some pants they were not allowed to dress like men um unless they were riding a bicycle or holding the reins of a horse and this law stayed in france um until 2013 yeah and they said that these just you know these changes have preserved women's modesty you know if, if they were so that we don't have to wear like dresses when they're when they're bike riding otherwise they said women had to get expressed permission to dress like men uh, and that was until 2013, officially in the books. Obviously, by 2013, that's not really listened to anymore. But it's one of those things that some of these laws just kind of are overlooked and they stay on the books. Well, there's a couple of laws about like, yeah, like gender, making sure you're wearing certain clothes. I saw one where in Russia, it's still illegal for a man to wear women's clothing. That if they get really? caught, if they get caught, well, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's actually the women's undergarment. But if a oh. man gets caught wearing a woman's underwear, basically, um, yeah, they're going to throw it in jail and can get fined in Russia, like even now. Yeah. So that's, that's one of those. Intense. That's again, it's very like they still have these places still have that more. Uh, they're still trying to like fully enforce those gender um, stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, this law, and you know, when it came out in the 1890s, the idea was that you know, a woman would not be modest if she was riding a bicycle or if she was riding a horse with a dress on. And so this actually almost like purposely made women wear pants, which I thought that was an interesting law. Hmm. Um, there's another one that, again, I guess it's kind of a little bit more modern, but I don't know if you ever, uh, ever came across this, that in, there's a Swiss law that is illegal for homes not to have access to some form of a nuclear bunker. Really? And this, yeah, this came out in 1963. Um, um, cool, yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, these laws are still around in uh, Articles 45 and 46 of the Swiss Federal Law on Civil Protection. And most buildings that have been erected since 1963 have their own bunkers, like big um, buildings that have apartments, like apartment buildings. So, again, this you're right, this kind of stemmed from this U.S.-Soviet relations, you know, fear of all-out nuclear warfare. So now it's a law for buildings to have their own bunkers, That's and it's still of, around. I mean, I get the point of that, but it's also kind of depressing and morbid, but yeah. Yeah, if you think about it, right? Yeah, they have to have those things. So yeah, let's go to a little happy. Well, I don't know, this one's kind of not happy. 
But um, <laughs> hey, what do you got? When you were a kid, what what do you used to do at the beach sometimes? Besides, oh, sandcastles, bro. Oh, yeah, you want to build sandcastles. Well, if you go to Spain, it is actually illegal to build sandcastles in Spain. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources, which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Well, if you saw that one, that um, would no, I didn't, but that would be a really sad childhood. Yeah, it's, it's illegal to build sandcastles in Spain. They basically they don't want people digging holes in the beach and um, you know messing up with the, messing the sand up. Um, and you How is that get, happy? It was going to be a happy. I said one, uh, I said it's a little. I kind of started off happy, but not really. These sandcastles <laughs> make you happy, and then you're like, no, you can't yeah. build them. So I guess it's not happy. Um, but yeah, you actually be fine. It does include kids. It actually is a special exemption that yes, if the child is caught doing it, the parents have to pay the bill. And you can be fined anywhere between 100 and 150 uh, Spanish dollars for doing that. Hmm. Okay. Oh, 1500 excuse me. So, yeah, so you can – that's a pretty expensive sandcastle. Yeah, I would say so. I go to Spain. My kid's not building sandcastles. I'm not, I'm not uh, paying $1,500 <laughs> so they can uh, build a sandcastle. I'll just stick that with, is, you know, Jersey Shore beaches. That is funny. What's your favorite soup, Tom? Uh, not really a total soup person. I like to chew my food, but I'm not, <laughs> I like, like, I like some of the, I like like wonton soup, hot and sour soup stuff. Oh like yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. My mom used to make a really good, uh, tomato soup. Uh, you know, that's still, uh, one of my favorites of all time. But the reason I bring this up in 1336, Edward III of England passed a law to stop people from getting fat. Um, it was specifically designed. Um, so he basically got sick of seeing chubby soldiers. So he passed a law that forced the people of England to diet. You know, and the law actually specific words said that obesity made people not able to aid themselves nor their liege lord in time of need. So the law banned people from eating more than two courses at any mealtime. Uh, if you were seen doing that or if any, um, well, whatever it wouldn't be called a restaurant back then, but any inn would be seen giving you a two course meal, they could be fined. And it also defined soup, um, as we know it today, as soup, as a separate course. Mm -hmm. So that way it would prevent people from calling it a sauce or a condiment, which is what they used to call it. Yeah, these are dip breaded stuff. Before, yeah. Things, yeah. Yeah, before the, 13, you know, before the 1330s. So that's why they have it like, you know, when you go to like a restaurant, soup. they get like a soup and salad first. That's kind of like your appetizer. Yeah. That's how soup you are. Hmm, yeah. That makes sense. Look at so that. That's kind of interesting. I'm learning um, new stuff every day on History Teacher Talking Podcast. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. However... Three courses could be enjoyed on feast days if it was a feast going on. Okay. Boom. 
What else? Yeah. Can I get anything good? That, um, like, one I saw that I did want to bring up, it kind of goes with what we talked about before, but like the, like the sexist laws, really. Mm-hmm. And that's in uh, Bolivia. Um, if you're a married woman, you are only allowed to have one glass of wine. Because what? the idea My wife is, would be very upset. Uh, she's going to hear that and not be happy, Peter. So uh, <laughs> that's the part you're going to have to edit out. I'm going to text her right uh, now and tell her to listen to that part. Yeah, but um, yeah. basically, um, it means, and it says a husband could actually legally divorce um, a wife if she's drinking more than one glass of wine in public. Because the idea is that um, drinking too much alcohol will make the woman become immoral. So she will go and have an affair on her husband. That's basically what they believe with that. But single women are encouraged to actually drink more wine. So that's kind of what the law states, and uh, it's still in it is still in uh, in effect today. But it, uh, yeah. So you, if you are married in Bolivia, you're only allowed one glass of wine with your uh, per day. Hmm, interesting. Well, I'm gonna go back to England for a second there. You know, have you ever heard the term daylight robbery? You hear it all the time. It's a daylight robbery. Well, the expression actually comes from a window tax that was passed in 1696. There was a law passed that the you know in England that the more windows you had in your house, the higher your taxes should be, and it actually you know it became known as the window tax, because the idea is that if you have more windows, then inadvertently you have a bigger house, and therefore you probably are wealthier, so you should pay higher taxes. Kind of t- people ridiculed this in 1600s, that the king was you know taxing light, so. In response, a lot of them just bricked up their windows and tried to avoid paying taxes. And uh, yeah, so the, the parliament scrapped the window tax in 1851. But the expression daylight robbery came from this window tax that rather than like robbery in broad daylight, it actually meant literally like theft of daylight, you know, which I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, so it was be. illegal to essentially have too many windows per se. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, but it is. These are the laws that you is sometimes it's not that much you can even say about it. Just like okay, yeah, like that's that's out there. Like yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know, like this next one that I found. We're going back to uh, you know the Great North here, right? Uh, Canada. They have a lot of interesting ones. They passed a, a currency act years ago, and um, it makes it um, when making a payment that is more than ten dollars, it's illegal to pay with more than a single coin. Uh, they basically, okay. it's like basically legal to pay with too many coins. I don't know if you have people have ever been to Canada, but they have a lot of, they have like $5 coins and stuff like that. <laughs> We're gonna I not- have another one from Canada. Yeah. Uh, that's what I kind of alluded to before. You could be arrested for this. If you bought or sold margarine in Canada mm. between 1886 and 1948. And the idea was this law was passed at first. So if you see that, right, it's like illegal to buy margarine in Canada between you know, 1886 and 1948, you think that's a silly law. But again, there's a historical premise behind it. And that was designed to protect the butter industry. And actually, it was illegal for any company in Canada to sell butter colored margarine until 1995. Wow. Because again, it resembled... Want to protect. Yeah, again, they much. want to keep their own stuff. Yeah, they don't want to be overwhelmed. Yeah. It's also illegal. We've been, to, we've been to Canada. I mean, literally, the two of us been to yeah. Canada together. I love oh, Canada. Yeah. So yeah, it's also illegal to um, kill Bigfoot in Canada. That's also a law. I did see that actually. You're not allowed to do that. In case yeah. you know, if you ever see one, you have to have a license. Actually, it's a couple states too that, uh, that I saw that that was actually. Wasn't Washington one of them? Washington, I think yeah, there's a couple that they just yeah. don't kill Bigfoot, which I'm like, okay. And so. this one, this one's kind of a more modern one. I'm going on on your side here. Um, did you know that in Singapore, you are not allowed to chew or sell? Or possess gum yeah. 
Yeah. Gum well, substance spit, is safe. You spit the gum out in the street, you get caned. Like they'll okay, beat well, you. That's, yeah. Yeah. So let's not do that. What do you mean walk, you can't chew gum in Singapore? Yeah, it's illegal. It's a law. And the people are like, what do, you, what do you mean it's a law? That's ridiculous, right? But again, there was some kind of reason behind that. And actually, it's because a lot of vandals used to chew gum and, and mess with the mass transit system. And like the you know, housing development board spend about $150,000 a year, according to this one resource that I saw, one source, to clean just gum litter. $150,000 a year in like late 80s to clean gum litter. And finally, by 1992, they're like, all right, no, forget it. Let's just outlaw gum altogether. And, and they, they did. They outlawed gum. So like, I think I saw they that one too, but they allow, uh, they allow the nicotine gum. <laughs> yes. They allow <laughs> that. that. That's okay. Yeah. And dental gums are okay. Oh, yeah. Because they offer therapeutic value. Okay. Fair enough. But you're not allowed to get caught you know, blowing bubbles in the street. So uh, be careful there. All right. I got one more world one here. Yep. And then we can hop over then to I, the, I, I like yeah. to, I would, This would be one. It'd be interesting to see if this would definitely not ever pass in the United States. Um, but in Japan, it is actually illegal to be obese. Um, with the exception of sumo wrestlers, they have a special exception. But Japan did create what's called the, uh, the, Met, the Metabo Law, which requires all citizens between ages of 40 to 74. They have to get their, um, a waist measurement done by a doctor. And if... Mm. If your waist is over um, a certain, it's 33.5 inches or uh, for men and 35.4 inches for women, you can actually be fined if your waist gets too big. What? Between those ages. So, yeah, I don't know. So you have to make sure you're in a certain range. Because I know my waist, I believe, is over that. So uh, <laughs> I would be oh, fined yeah. if uh, I was in Japan. <laughs> I literally have next to me right now, I have like my mug with tea and cookies. My wife baked cookies today, so I brought some up. Although I don't know why I do that, because every time I'm recording this, I like I look at cookies or food and I can't eat it, so it's just it's it's torture. But sure. let's talk about some uh, let's talk about some you know U.S. has a <laughs> quite a US, few of these well, weird yeah. laws. I think ours like a lot of these ones in around the world are kind of weird, but you would also like when you looked at those war lists, like ones from the U.S. always popped up. I was kind of like, all right, like putting them on, yeah. you know, saving them for when we got to uh, good old USA. So I'm going to start with this one because I think this is interesting. Because if you see it by yourself, you're like, okay, this is definitely a weird, ridiculous law. In Arizona, it is illegal for a donkey to sleep yes. in a bathtub. Yes, so no so. donkeys sleeping in bathtubs. Shrek would be upset. His friend wouldn't get his bath. Oh, yeah. But and you, think, and this is this law has been around. Do you know who Shrek is right now anymore? I, I know, right? I guess yeah, I just aged myself. That's been a long myself. time ago. Yeah, well, we're always um, in history. We're always aging ourselves. But yeah, I'm sorry. That's right. No, no, it's cool. Um. This has been around since 1920s. Again, illegal for donkeys to sleep in bathtubs. That's something you do a lot in the 20s. Is that like, like you know? So again, so again, the history behind it. A local dam broke in 1920s, and it flooded a rancher's home, and actually flooded most of the town in Arizona. But this one particular rancher used to allow his donkey to, you know, sleep in a bathtub. The, the actual donkey used to come in his house and sleep in his bathtub, which is weird in itself, but. Anyway, when this dam broke, um, it filled, you know, the tower with water, and it kind of whisked this donkey away, miles away, in his bathtub. So to rescue the animal, because it would have been animal cruelty to let him die, it took the workers in the town hours and you know, a lot of manpower to rescue this donkey. And they got so fed up with it, they're like, forget it. And they passed a law that year that prohibits donkeys from sleeping in bathtubs. And that law is still on the books. So a lot of donkeys are upset about that. 
All right. Did you hear about the pickle law in Connecticut? Is that the one about um, that they have to bounce? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know the, the premise behind that? Again, you see that on a Snapple bottle cap and you're like, what? Since, in ni- since 1948, and since 1948, there's a law in a book still in Connecticut that a pickle must be able to bounce or it is not and cannot be sold as a pickle. Yeah, because otherwise it would not be, uh, it would be unfit for human consumption. That's what I saw. Yes. I did yeah, see that. That's like, what it was. Passing, yeah. Yeah, because two guys apparently were arrested in 1948 by selling pickles that Basically were- bad pickles, like, like really bad. Pickles, bad yeah. yeah. And it would get people really, really sick. So they, they kind of figured out a way to check whether their pickles are good or not. And officials declared that a pickle is legitimate only if it bounces. And this made it to legislation and it actually became a law that's still around today. I've never actually tried like- No, but like if you think about it, if you took a pickle and threw it on the ground and it just like kind of just like splat, like splatted there. Okay. If any young listeners out there, you know, don't do that without your parents' yeah. permission. All right. Go ahead. Have fun. Go ahead. Have fun. No, just do it. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I guess, I mean, and they're not saying how high it had to bounce, right? It just if it just, no. I think any food like that, if you took and you just kind of like just splat on the floor, I guess it wasn't like the best, you know. <laughs> it's but, ridiculous. It a pickle like, must bounce. Yeah. All right, yeah that's a crazy one. Like one that I found was that in Colorado, it's illegal for you to have um, a couch on your porch. And the okay. reason for that is because the um, students at the University of Colorado used to, I know, like the frat houses, they all had couches there and they would set them all on fire and throw them onto the lawn. It was like some, what they did like after like football games and stuff like that. So the uh, the townspeople just got sick of that. Like the firefighters always had to go out and put out all these couch fires like all the time. And if there was like a big football game, they're like, forget this. So then they just passed a law that made um, it illegal just to have a couch on your porch. So hopefully, but the kids would still apparently are still, they'll just take, they have the house, they have the couches inside and then they just throw them outside and then burn them. Instead of making couch burning illegal, they just made couches on porches illegal. In Florida, if an elephant is left tied to a parking meter, the fee has to be paid just as it would be for a vehicle. You're like, all right, that can't be a real law, right? I actually found this law. It's not worded exactly like that. Um, it just says that there's legal parking fees towards animals must be paid. That's basically what the law says. But still, legal parking fees towards animals must be paid. And you're like, what? Again, 1920s again. Yeah. And this actually stems from uh, the Ringling Brothers Circus used to move their entire show operations to Florida for winter. And they used to have animals, uh, although it seemed like all over the place, wherever they went. And they used to use these animals. Again, 1920s, you know, not everyone has a car. And they used to use these animals and kind of tie them in random places wherever they went. So there was a law passed in Florida that if you tie your elephant to a parking meter, you got to pay for a so meter. Remember, remember that. And that's still around today. That's nuts. Well, that's, again, one of those obscure ones that, like, I'm assuming a lot of people have elephants. I could be wrong. Yeah. Might just be where But I it's also interesting that it stems from something. You know, like, it's not yeah. just like a, yeah, crazy law. So in Indiana, it is illegal to ride a horse above 10 miles an hour. And okay. that's actually because of, is to do high speed horse races back in the day. And a lot of people used to train for these horse races by just riding their horses super fast through the town. So that's, it's now your horse is not allowed to go past. That so was like hour. the fast and the furious back then, basically. <laughs> horse. And stuff. That's like, uh, you know, often when I teach, I tell people that, or I tell, I tell my students that Ulysses S. Grant once got a speeding ticket on a horse mm-hmm. in New York City for going too fast, which I think that's kind of interesting. Like I found one in Louisiana. 
that um, what ha- was happening, I guess, in some of these towns was that people were sending um, prank calling people and mm-hmm. having pizzas sent to their house. Oh yeah, it's not allowed to like. Send so it's illegal yeah. to send a surprise pizza to someone's house. So they you can't just order and be like, oh, I want to send a pie. Even if you and I, I'm guessing you can pay for it in advance, uh, but that was not what it said. You just have to only order a pizza to your own house. You're not allowed to have pizzas ordered to other people's houses, and um, you can actually be fined over five hundred dollars if you send it, if you get caught sending a pizza pie to surprise to someone else's house. Again, I, it's obviously people send are pranking each other. Pie. I could eat pizza anytime. One thing that we're doing at my school just to kind of survive is every Friday the teachers are ordering pizza, <laughs> just having it in. This is like a way to like. Like a little mental, mental break, with everything you know, the, with all the virtual teaching yeah. going on. Hi, right, Missouri. Bear wrestling is banned. Like you can't wrestle bears. I actually clicked on this law and found this law specific. Bear wrestling. There's a penalty. Um, law five on the books in the legislation. It's law number five seven eight point one seven six. A person commits the offense of bear wrestling if he or she one wrestles a bear. Two, permits bear wrestling to be done on any premises under his or her charge or control. Three, promotes, conducts, or stages bear wrestling. And four, advertises bear wrestling. And five, collects any admission fee for bear wrestling. Well, Who I, does that? Well, it was a I don't know if it was a sport, but I know it was like a, something I remember seeing like videos of people that would wrestle bears. It was just one of those. Uh... But like even in the slow, if you look at the other, like subheadings you're not allowed to train a bear for bear wrestling like you're not allowed to train a bear well they want to get they want to get rid of bear wrestling it's dangerous you know (laughs) i guess like like... watch out you know i found one for mississippi that i thought was this one's more recent um it kind of it was in response it it was actually called the anti-blueberg bill that's what it's known Mm -hmm. as it was about when mayor blueberg new york city remember when he banned um large sodas Mm-hmm. For a while, I don't know if you guys remember that. It was actually yeah. banned in New York City. It didn't really, it's, it's gone now. It didn't last so long. A lot of people were coming over to New Jersey to get like the super big gulps and stuff. So uh, Mississippi was worried something like that would happen there. So what they passed this law, it um, made it that counties in Mississippi could not force restaurants to show the nutritional labels of anything that they serve. So, you know, you walk into like a McDonald's or something like, and they have like the nutritional information. That's actually a law that they have to show it. In Mississippi, it's a law that they, that they do not have to show it. They can if they want to, but they cannot be forced to share any information on calories or nutrition in anything that is served in their restaurant. So, wow. so if they choose not to show it, they don't have to. So I thought that was kind of interesting, especially with all like the healthy figure. You know, there's more laws about making things more health conscious, but not in Mississippi. This one's kind of coming up, I guess. And although, you know what? I don't even know if this is going to happen, but trick-or-treating. Do you think they're going to cancel Halloween this year because of COVID? I think they're still going to have something. It's just going to be more like distant, not like probably distance. And I know a lot of people are just like going to leave like stuff just outside. That's what I heard. Yeah. You know, of more of those like, I think the school already said when my son goes, they're going to have a pajama Halloween party, whatever that means. Okay. I actually got a lot of Halloween candy, and I've been kind of like dipping into the Halloween into candy it. and getting in trouble at home. Yeah. All right, in Virginia, it is illegal, like as in like police could like send you home and drive you to your parents, to go trick-or-treating if you're over the age of 14. Um, really? So, okay. Yeah. They want- and they said it was because due to like mass complaints in the 70s, um, like older teens just wreak havoc on Halloween. So the ordinance prohibits trick-or-treating in the state of Virginia after 8 p.m. Actually, it's not all of the state of Virginia. It's, it's specifically in Chesapeake City. 
So it's one city, but the one city says you are not allowed to trick or treat over the age of 14. Which I always found interesting, you know, when like you were, you know, the doorbell rings and you go to the door and there's this kid that looks like, you know, he's older than me. You know, I, I don't mind if all the kids trick or treat. I just, they better be wearing a costume. Like, I don't like yeah. when they're just wearing like a hood or something like that and, you know, their sweatshirt and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm like, what are you being a slacker? Well, my issue too is I used to, I used to teach and I used to teach, yeah, I was going to say, I used to teach the same town as, as, you know, as I lived. So a lot of people just stop by to say hi. You know, it's like, hi, Mr. Z. Hi, how are you? Here's a candy bar. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm happy. You know, don't Richard teach. Nixon used to that. They said Richard Nixon uh, moved to Upper Saddle River before he passed uh, in the you know, early 90s. Mm-hmm. And they said every Halloween, uh, kids used to love going to Richard Nixon's house. Again, this is, he's already older towards the end of his life after the presidency and all that. He used to always open a door in a blue suit on Halloween, and he used to hand out, um, hand out soda cans and full size candy bars. Richard sugar, Nixon, sugar him up, sugar him up, sugar him up. I have another one that I kind of think is is interesting. Historically speaking, you cannot shoot a camel in Arizona. Right? Okay. You like can't shoot a camel in Arizona. What, 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 there's no camels in Arizona, but um, 1800s, right? The United States was experimenting with camel units, like in deserts of Arizona. And the premise was that a camel can travel about 85 miles without water in hot conditions and still be fine, while a horse would be dead in like a quarter of that distance from dehydration. So the experiment failed, the experiment itself failed, but a lot of camels would be brought to Arizona for these new military units. And oftentimes, people would see them and be like, what is this? And they would actually shoot them. So this yeah, became a wants- law. Yeah, it became a law. Like, what is this? But the experiment failed because it was one too hard to really control the you know temperamental camels. But also, it was impossible to get them into formation into military units, you know, and cavalry units. So yeah, uh, it didn't work out. But think about it. Imagine that past. Like, if that was a thing, we would have cavalry units using camels. Using camels. Hmm. Yeah, but again, that's why you cannot shoot a camel in Arizona to this day. Well, in Ohio, it's also illegal to sell any dyed chickens or rainbow or rabbits apparently that was something that was going on though they were selling um a lot um in like the 60s and 70s like uh, they would take chicks and rabbits and dye them all the different colors like yellow orange blue purple and stuff of that and sell them it was like kind of like a cool thing um really? obviously now it's considered animal cruelty because they actually just t- took these animals and just dipped them in dye or spray painted them and then sold them Talk about animal cruelty. Did you ever come across the one that it's illegal to eat a frog that dies in a frog jumping contest in California? Well, if you know, if it dies, frog legs are delicious, I'm sure. So <laughs> never had them. But this is a legitimate thing. So in one particular county in California, there's like an annual frog jumping contest. And it's a big draw. Like thousands of people go to see this. And the contest is won by, you know, the frog that jumps the furthest, obviously, right? About 4,000 frogs entered in 2007 alone. It's very serious business. But what's interesting is the law was passed in 1957, which is still around. If a frog dies or is killed during this contest, it may not be eaten or otherwise used for any purpose. I guess because they're trying to say you like made it tired and then you ate it and that's animal cruelty. I mean, you first you race them, then they die, and that's kind of sad already. And then you, you, know, you eat them, I guess I see that point. Another one. In 1939, French Lick Springs, Indiana, made it illegal for black cats not to wear bells on Friday the 13th. Okay, so people know where they are. 
So the idea is that presumably, like hearing a cat's bell, residents would avoid, you know, one crossing their path and bringing their bad luck. It was just, this was enforced, you know, until like 1940s, you know, because there's number of minor, you know, mishaps occurred, like, you know, number of issues occurred. Cats would cross people's, I guess, paths. Cats and people and get, freak out and stuff out. like that. So yeah, they wanted to yeah. make sure they, they could hear the cat coming. Um, black cats. You got any other ones? I got a couple interesting New Jersey ones. Yeah, well, there's one that's famous one from New Jersey. I was just going to use this one that I always, we used to always like spark our discussion back when I taught it, which was, um, it was actually amended um, in 99. But uh, it was it was illegal um, while committing a crime to also be wearing a bulletproof vest in New Jersey. Yes, I was going to say that. And you actually you'd be charged separately, no matter what crime you did. It, um, but if you were wearing a bulletproof vest when you did it, you were charged again for wearing a bulletproof vest and committing a crime. <laughs> the idea was if you have a bulletproof vest, you're probably also you know you're anticipating something more intense happening. So you would get arrested, but they since it's like, it's like oh no, you're committing a crime, and we can't shoot you. So because yeah. you have a vest on, you're wearing. It's basically yeah, you can't like defend yourself from the police um, if committing yeah. a crime. Yes, yeah, so I that that was always like the strange ones that people are like what? Wait, does it? You got to think about it for a second, you know. And then another one, that New Jersey has a lot. New Jersey has a lot. Yeah, I like another one that's kind of very interesting is, and this was this actually was used in 2018, um, which I think is insane. It is against the law believe it or not, to ride your bicycle on the street without a bell. Yes, I do remember that. So that is still in the books. They call the bell law. I remember. That's why when we were a kid, I remember always getting bells on my bike. I'm like, why do I need that? I guess that was one of the reasons why. So watch this. In 2018, um, police down the shore pulled over a black man right, who they claimed was acting suspiciously, and they cited him. They pulled him over when he was riding his bicycle because his bicycle did not have a bell. They actually used that law to pull over this African-American guy, and they found cocaine on him, and he wound up being charged. But the initial pulling over and stopping him was because of a bell. They used this obsolete law in 2018. Which I thought was kind okay. of crazy. The fact they had to make a law for this kind of shows that was a problem. This is, again is in New Jersey that um, in Manville, New Jersey, it's illegal to offer alcohol or tobacco to animals while you're at the zoo. <laughs> so basically, because right. people were like bringing you know alcohol and cigarettes and trying to give them to, particularly it said the um, the monkeys, and they were trying to they were giving those they were throwing like cigarettes into like the monkey like light cigarettes and throw them into the monkey exhibit, and the monkeys would start smoking them and stuff like that. So then they had wow. to uh, basically pass laws to make that illegal. So you don't have smoking monkeys. Um, there's something also, if you're ever convicted in New Jersey of driving under the influence, mm-hmm. you're no longer allowed to ever have custom license plates. Oh, Should man. be doing that anyway. No, it's also there's a bunch of like, you can't slurp your soup. That's illegal, right? Slurp your soup. Yeah. Um, there's the one, um, I think in Trenton, yeah, in Trenton, pickles. Again, getting back to pickles. I don't know why there's all these laws about pickles. But I don't know. They better be bouncing though. Yeah, well, that, that's something different. Uh, but it's also illegal to eat... Um, Pickles after no, that was something different, but it's illegal to eat pickles on Sundays in Trenton. Yeah. In Newark, it is illegal to purchase or sell ice cream after 6 p.m. without without a doctor's note. Excuse me. If you have a doctor's yeah. note, then you can do for it. For ice cream? For ice cream, yes. I mean, I'm going to ask my doctor to uh, write me a note for ice cream. And yeah. then my wife can yell at me for eating too much ice cream. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, well, I know um, the last one I wanted to mention from New Jersey, uh, it's actually what you're supposed to do. It's a, it's, it's a law. It's what you're supposed to do. And you can get ticketed from what I read about it, is that when, if you pass someone on the left in Jersey when driving on a highway, 
Oh, you got to beep the horn. You got to beep the horn. Yeah. Which, if you think about it, everyone beeps the horn Imagine anyway in Jersey. Exactly. I mean, I don't think, you know, I've ever been on the road or the Garden State Parkway or the Turnpike without people beeping and stuff like that. But uh, yes, yeah, you're supposed to beep to alert the motorist. Again, it goes back to probably like the, you know, the beginning of these highways and automobiles to make people aware of what's going on. This is, you know, before so many other, you know, advantages in automotive technology, I guess. But like you have to beep them, beep at them so they knew what was going on. But can you imagine that? Like all oh, the yeah. beeping would be going on and there's enough people be screaming at each other like, I know you're coming. Right. Relax. As if there isn't enough beeping on Jersey yeah. Roads. Bumping, yeah, beeping and screaming. Well, anyway, thanks for joining us, guys. If you gain nothing else out of this, you can go and see if uh, a pickle bounces. Right? If I anything. Mean, I mean, that could be it. I think that's what I'm going to do tomorrow You know, with the kids. We're always wondering what to do one day. I'm just going to open up a jar of pickles and see which ones bounce the best. I think it's time for us to start yeah. a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah just bouncing pickles. <laughs> that can go on another t-shirt. Indeed, oh, bouncing yeah. pickles. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.